when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, you know it's the ITC. The CBS Sports Pro Wrestling Podcast is back. Guns blazing and syringes filled. Ready to inject yet another passionate and outright illegal dose of that performance-enhancing audio. You know the one, in fact, the Brian Campbell. Without question, the voice that you hear. And the last time I checked, the guys whose name is still on the damn marquee. I run this show around here, not you, Jack. Very, very true, Terry. And it's a holiday week, so as you prepare to sit in traffic and wait in historically long lines at the airport, do us that solid and check out Monday's Instant Analysis edition of the podcast. If you have not already, recapping Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver War Games inside my own dirty bed sheets this time in Avon, Connecticut. Take that, Brooklyn. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, and get yourself all kinds of fired up for Saturday's sloppy Super Bowl in the world of MMA. Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, part three. No, this is not 2004, but your boy BC has you covered with interviews from both UFC Hall of Famers on Tuesday's MMA show. Check that out. And of course, happy holidays to all of you and yours. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget this. God bless America. Yes, yes, I'm sure. I'm not even sure, actually, about what all you mates down under who listen to our show celebrate on Thanksgiving or if you celebrate anything at all, but it's my favorite holiday of the year. You don't need a gift. Everyone comes home from where they live. It's all about food, family, and football, the three Fs, folks. And we certainly give thanks to all of you for joining us. That's why this Thanksgiving edition will feature plenty of your voices in the form of your DMs as we litter them throughout the show. Whether you're praising us, whether you're criticizing us, this is your show too, folks. So if you've got something to say, you know we want to hear it for the people and by the people. And man, do we got a good show coming at you today, even if WWE Gave out a post-Survivor Series product that was anything but. But this show right here will entertain you. This show will educate you. This will protect you. This will love you. This will guide you. And this will make you the god of wrestling. Damn right, Terry. And this was another long intro brought to you by the Brian Campbell. But it's time to welcome in my co-host. Recording from home today on this holiday week. But he looks fired up just the same He's going to break it all down with me. Say hello to the bad guy. Oh, yeah. The Silver King is back. Adam Silverstein. Hey, now. Brian did all of you a favor. He saved you from reading the Odyssey. You can just listen to his show intros and get all you need. Oh, yeah. you got to set that tone and get people fired up to be there. Um, hey, uh, it's Thanksgiving week. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to Nick Costos. Remember that guy? Remember he used to be on this show? Hard guy to get locked in. Hard guy to get a hold of. I hope he enjoys himself in Stanford, though. Who? Wow. 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 Not only did he not win it, I felt that he lost it. He did lose it. Uh, wow. Hey, you know, <laughs> one day. Um, one hey, day. Adam, what's going on in your life, in the life of a pro wrestling fan and journalist? So what's happening? Anything? Anything? Oh, is that what I am? Um, not, not much. You know, listen, gearing up for Thanksgiving. It's a good holiday. Not going to say it's my favorite holiday. Look, turkey's fine, right? But 
if that's what you're going to base an entire holiday around, you know, in terms of food well, wise, the there's better right? options. It's not the turkey. Let's be honest. It's the fixins. There's no better. The fixins are the are the move. Yeah. And I, I think it depends where you come from. My wife, for example, from a, like a small country mountain town where they don't have high school football. So to her, Thanksgiving, just another day on the calendar. But for right. me, from Naugatuck, Connecticut, where we faced off with dirtbag rival Ansonia every year for the last 118 on Thanksgiving, it's still real to me. Damn it. What is your family's side dish? You have to pick one. Oh, meat pie. Meat pie to the grave. I don't even know what that is. Meat pie sounds a little bit disgusting. I'm sure some, maybe some people, some of our listeners have eaten it and won't and won't admit it. No, seriously, the food meat pie uh, is a is a pie baked in a crust with like four different kinds of meat inside of it, and it kind of looks like ground beef, but there's a lot of spices in it, and it's got pork, it's got chicken, it's got everything mixed together, and it's I don't mean to sound like John Madden stuffing an animal inside of another, but it's fan friggin' tastic. All right, it's the turducken of pies, is what you're saying. It's, uh, it's life changing. I literally never heard of that before. For us, it's sweet potatoes, uh, either mashed or cut, depends on the year, with the marshmallows on top, That's roasted in the oven. It's not a bad way to live your life right there. It doesn't get any better than that. Stuffing might be the pound for pound MVP, though, the, the consistent force that's there. You know what? I think it's overrated. Wow. Wow. You know, you know, what's, wow. you know what's even more overrated than stuffing? Gravy. Well... I mean, it plays its role. It's a, uh, it's a, you know, it's like it's like the icing. It's on the cake. It's got to be there. Yeah. You, you, you got to have it. Uh, yeah. So you know, this year though in Connecticut, it's going to be, I think, uh, in the negatives on Thanksgiving. So the backyard family annual football game may not may not take place this year. We we might be that soft in the end, but you know that happens. That would be that would be a shame. They don't I will do tell that you... in Florida. They don't do backyard football games on Thanksgiving. Oh, we right. definitely do backyard football. The problem is, it's still like seventy here, yeah. so it's it's just another day. And it's warm-ish, usually. And it's like, oh, well, we can just play football any day. Uh, but I am excited for the three NFL games. Um, certainly you can get – I'm going to give a little Barry Horowitz here. You can get my picks for all yeah, NFL games – not all games, but the ones I like against the spread on Sportsline, www.sportsline.com. Your boy, the Silver King, is picking a very nice 69% against the spread, which is not typical and not going to continue – Jump on now before it's too late. Sixty nine, dudes. Wow, this guy, this guy, Silver King. There, it's me like, and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, like whipping it out. I know what you've got in your pants, and I want it. Oh, come on. Okay, come well, on. look, we, look we enough, we enough small talk. We, we just did our version of Vince McMahon's like Thanksgiving feast fight. BC, let's get to the main event. This is the main event. Do we really want to though, Adam? Because we were so high on Sunday night. I don't want to come back down from this cloud because it's taken me so long to feel that. Feel that. And I felt it. I mean, it just, oh. Feel that. Felt it in my bones. I felt it in my damn bones, but I didn't feel it after that night. No, and it really came crashing down hard. I mean, this is. And it hurt inside. And it hurt inside. I thought you were going to play it. You got to take okay. a stand, bro. It don't help. I, th- I thought you had know? a drop for us. Um, it, the truth is that the look, look, WWE often will have a really good pay-per-view and fail to follow it up well and keep the momentum going. And that's OK. That can happen. Oh, they'll do the opposite, but, too. They'll give you a shitty end to a Sunday night and then come back on Monday like it never happened. Absolutely. But what's the worst case scenario is a really good pay-per-view, especially a finish and a holiday week edition of WWE TV. Maybe only slightly better than a overseas edition of WWE TV. Although recently overseas, like we saw AJ Styles win the title in England like last year, you know. So they really it's a combination truly of mailing it in 
because it's a holiday week and they went up legitimately against maybe the best NFL game of all time. Some people are saying a huge Monday night football game that was billed to be a huge Monday night football game. But for me, that's not an excuse. But they did go up against that and it was holiday week. But still, for what they provided us, it was crap. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're damn right. I mean, it it, it it really gave me nothing that I even want to talk about. Look at all of this crap in this ring. It just, it just was like, look, I like the, the WWE still cheesy enough to do the food fight gimmick, the Halloween match, whatever, like, you know, 4th of July sure. food. Like, I'm down sure. with that. I'm not down with just straight up mailing it in. I'm even down last Christmas when they opened the show with a half-hour Cena-Elias match that meant nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, it's a holiday. Enjoy it. Here's a house show one-off for you. I don't like just straight mail. And then I wish they'd just do a greatest hits episode. Just come back with, hey, here's our best raw episode of 1998. And here's commentary today from this guy. Like, just do, do something like that. You, By the way, you'll probably get a higher rating. They could have probably aired the Chronicle Dean Ambrose and the 365 AJ Styles back-to-back, promoted the network with them, and had it been better and promoted as a special, but you know, Vince, they got to do new live shows every Monday, every Tuesday. That's their thing. And, and BC, like the first hour of the show was basically a six man tag match. Yeah, it was a, it was a really For bad an hour. Segment. It was, it was 52 minutes. And you know, on the other side, and we'll get to that, but the, almost the first, you know, 40 minutes or half hour of SmackDown was Charlotte Flair wrestling one person after another. It was the same sort of thing. Let's do an opening talk segment. We'll spin it right to an immediate match. That really doesn't matter. So I was most disappointed that they come out of Survivor Series. and We saw so many of those multi-person elimination matches. Oh, let's just run it back again to open Raw for an hour, and it's meaningless. Now, it ended in a beatdown of Braun. Braun Strowman that was intense and physical and this direction they're going lately of like violent beatings yeah, is not a bad weird. direction. It feels like 2004 all over again. I mean, this is a good direction. So the beatdown of Braun was fine, but to have an hour to get to that point, rehashing a match we just saw the night before, like I get it right now. Everybody's against Braun, but the problem there's a couple problems right now with WWE booking in general. It's that when you do a crossover pay-per-view like Survivor Series and you cross big-time stars from opposite brands and you tease of what's coming in the future at the bigger shows, Royal Rumble and Mania, we can't ju- we're not just fine with that tease and then let's go back to our regular scheduled programming, right? We saw Charlotte beat down Rousey. We want to see what happens next, not Charlotte against somebody else. Well, we saw- no, I, I no. kind of I, I kind of at least feel that they gave us that with Charlotte. They continued okay, her storyline turn. On the Strowman side, I'm into the idea, like, we just saw Dan O'Brien and Lesnar. I would have been into the idea of more Lesnar against Strowman, but instead, Braun Strowman comes back, and now he's got a pay-per-view feud with Baron Corbin. It's like... Well, to be fair, though, with them, you know, it was pretty clear that this was their booking. It's not like this was a split decision that they made coming out of the show. They've been planning for Brock to miss this pay-per-view, which, again, when you don't have your world champion... It just throws everything off, and that's why there's the issue with Brock having the title. It's not Brock, necessarily, although last season it was with the effort he put in and all that other stuff, but it's them not being present, and them mentioning him once the entire show, and it's never mentioned again. So that happened. Um, There was no— My point is you get a consolation prize now to stay busy of Corbin Strowman, and it's like— that doesn't do it. If you want to do a red-hot McIntyre-Strowman feud and tell us that's the next pay-per-view, I'm into it. I'm into it. But, but here's the thing. The Strowman feud is not meant to be the main event Raw feud. 
The main event Raw feud, which we're going to get to shortly, is Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, which they had been building before Survivor Series and continued this Monday night. That's the main that's the main feud, the main storyline. There's a reason it weaved the entire episode and paid off at the end of the show. So so they're they're purposely t- taking Braun back a step. And let's also not forget he has a legitimate elbow injury again. So he's going to be off TV for four weeks. So they needed to figure out a reason to get him off TV. So they had to give us that. The question is, does it need to be an hour in total segment and match? Did it need to be another elimination match? And the guys in the match, like, what was Bobby Lashley's motivation to to beat up Strowman? That made no sense. Drew never was really wronged by him. He actually kind of turned on Braun for no good reason. And Corbin, yes, we know hates him. But they're not tying these things together with logic. It doesn't make – all these things don't make sense. Steph promised Braun, yeah, you can pick your match with Corbin and your stipulation if 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 you participate and win, and that happened, and you're going to get it with Lesnar. Now that Lesnar match is only if he beats Corbin, and Corbin, you know, only gets to retain his raw GM ship it's if he beats if, if he beats Strowman. It's convoluted. I'm going to use just, the word. It's, it's, it's convoluted. It comes down to this. I'd rather have a, for Strowman a brawn and panties match and go backwards than 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 go forwards here. I don't I don't need him against Corbin. That's what I'm saying. So hey, it sounds like sour grapes when I was so high Sunday night. But again, WWE, that's the point. You had me so high on Sunday night. Yeah. Give me something on Monday that keeps me interested in coming back to your product, so I don't have to come on here and complain. And then my DMs don't get filled up with all the Silver King fans who can't stand my bed sheets. That's the truth, right? <laughs> now. Well, the only thing I will say is they did make a very very smart move even though I would have liked them to open the show with Ronda, they saved her entire segment for halftime of the game. So that is why she didn't open the show, even though she should have based on storyline importance. But honestly, you're in LA. All you had to do was book the guy in an additional hotel room. Brock couldn't have stayed one additional night and done raw. Heyman couldn't have showed up. Like that's how you open the show. This guy comes out, he trashes Daniel Bryan, Maybe Strowman comes after him. They retreat, and then you continue yes. with what you have, Please and it's me. better. Tickle the tickle the package with that, you know. Instead, yes. I find out once again who Vince really is. This is Brock Lesnar's bitch. And you also find out who Vince McMahon really is with this Dean Ambrose Seth Rollins storyline. Oh, um, and let's just—I mean, I have two thoughts on it, and you can—I'll let you expand on it once I give my thoughts. Thought one. It was terrible. The promos were bad. Dean, the last few weeks has been pretty good. I thought he was fine last week. You didn't like it, but I thought his promo last week outside by the car, dropping the the vest in the uh, the can of fire, thought that was fine. He comes out, and his main take this week is that Los Angeles smells, and he's putting a handkerchief to, a handkerchief to his mouth, and... It just continued on and on. I liked the mind games portion of it with Rollins. Oh. I liked I liked the moment of him walking behind Rollins while he was giving the promo. There were elements that were okay, but that part was terrible. And then, of course, we have to mention the other part. It was one thing when week after the turn, they mentioned, you know, Roman Reigns having leukemia and all this. Well, well, one thing at a time. Hold on, one thing at a time. You want to save that? Okay, you go well, tackle, pause, the, look, tackle this the crappiness awful. of There's the no redeeming levels to this. What, what's that smell? What's that smell? It smells like a really bad promo. But even worse, WWE, it smelled like you used all the good ideas at Survivor Series and left a holiday week break early and just threw out crap. And the problem with this, that is you brought down a really good feud 
in Rollins and Ambrose that was at a really key point in doing so. You want to put out a crap show and give us 30-minute house show matches and feuds that don't really matter? Fine. That's one thing. Don't bring down something that I was really into that a lot of us were. Since Dean has opened his mouth, this has gone in the wrong direction. And when you consider how high and hot this thing was coming off of Reigns' leukemia announcement, when Vince proved that he was still Vince, to have it go in this direction just sucks. I liked nothing about what they did on Monday night because they took nothing. They had nothing for us. You know what they had in the end? They had another attack, which we'd seen three times in the last few weeks. And they stretched it out and tried to do another one of these. This will be the backbone storyline of our show. We're going to intertwine it and stretch it out. And there was nothing there. You're telling me in kayfabe that Seth Rollins can't find Dean Ambrose over a two-hour span in the back of the damn room? Get the hell out of here. And he's hiding in like a... At one point, Dean's hiding in a uh, in the boiler room? And he's cutting a promo into the camera? Like, is it being played in the arena? We don't know. Like, it's just... I don't know if he's talking to himself. I don't know if he's talking to Seth. It just... It sucks. Everything you walk, If you're Seth, sucks. you walk into the truck. Hey, where is that camera? Yeah, exactly. Everything about that was so lame. Not to mention Seth saying, I got to catch a red eye. I'm out of here. Like, really? Like, he justified it on air. He was like, well, you know, uh, I'll see you about TLC. It's fine. It's not fine. Stop being an a-hole. And I don't mean Seth stop being an a-hole. I mean, stop criticizing our intelligence. Like, Vince, I cannot do this. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are, quite frankly, tired of having your intelligence insulted. I am, Vince. Like, this just sucked. And then... uh, Look, the people are going to talk a lot. Maybe we get into it now. Vin, uh, that Dean brings up Roman's cancer. I almost want to like, uh, that's almost like separate from the discussion because I thought the rest of it was just lame and stepped it back. Why does every heel turn have to end in to, to prove to you that I'm a heel, I'm going to rip the crowd for no reason. They just did it with Daniel Bryan. They did it with Becky. They tried and failed to do it with Becky Lynch. And now it's like, look, Dean Ambrose can be a heel and it actually be a better heel if the only reason he's a heel is because he hates Seth, because guess what? Seth once wronged him, so that makes sense. He doesn't have to turn on the crowd. He can be a just a diabolical dude who's all about getting Seth back. Turning on the crowd was just stupid, and it made the whole thing feel stupid. Your thoughts on this whole cancer thing? People are blowing up. I think it's much ado about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, just to, to follow up quickly on what you said, you're right. It, it They took something that was hot and made it ice cold by their writing. And it's kind of what I was saying about how they're hurting Rousey. And yes, she deserves blame. We'll talk about her later. But and we also found out some things about that as well. But like I just sat and watched this WWE Chronicle with Dean Ambrose. okay? and it was not scripted. It was him speaking. He is capable of cutting promos. Give him bullet points. Give him topics and let him cut promos you do not need to script for this guy you don't need to script for everyone and we're not going to mention it at, at all in this show Rey Mysterio cut a promo backstage on Smackdown and the camera was so close to his face you could literally see his eyes moving back and forth on the <laughs> screen reading and I'm looking at it and I'm like it wasn't a bad promo it was actually written okay but zoom out please like make it a little bit less obvious for me all right back to this um so I think you and I mutually agreed when they initially did the turn, it was brilliant and they played playing into it in the moment night of while it's fresh, brilliant. Now the shock value of that is over. So you're, so by continuing to reference it, it's not shocking. You're just making this guy look like an asshole and it's not an asshole that you want to boo because he's doing bad things. 
It's someone you're booing because you know WWE scripted the line. You're not booing him. You're booing Vince. You're booing WWE for having this guy go out and utilize someone's real-life leukemia in a storyline. Now, there's some wrestling fans who say, look, this happens all the time. We had Butterscotch at 2EZMJ on Twitter hit us up and say, look, WWE once exploited Jerry Lawler's deceased mother. Why is everyone so surprised? And you know what? They exploited Eddie Guerrero's death, and they've done a lot of other things. But you know what? Vicky Guerrero worked for the company and probably gave permission, and maybe Roman Reigns did here, and maybe Jerry Lawler did in that other instance. Of course Roman but gave th- permission here. Let's, let's smarten up on that. Uh, maybe. He's not, but he's not there. So did they call, did Vince call him? So did a writer not, call they're him? They're not in touch with him. There's no texting. I'm just saying, did a writer call him? Yes. Have, hey, hey, we'd like to mention your leukemia again. Dude, Roman grew up in the business. He's all in on this. Come on. I'm just saying it, it feels dirty, and those did too. That was a different time. 2008 and 2018 are very different. This feels dirty. It feels unnecessary. They already played the card. They are they set up the rival in part. They set up the turn because of it. You don't need to keep mentioning it, and you don't say that he deserved to get it in real life because of fake wrestling beating someone up and being a menace with the shield. I actually want to counter that. I said there was nothing redeemable about it. The only thing redeemable about it was some of the language Dean did. That that one part where he cut that promo around mentioning the Roman thing. Look, is it despicable to bring cancer back into this? Yes. But at the same time, you damn right you got to understand WWE's history of doing this over and over again. With the death of Reed Flair with Charlotte. I mean, like, over and over again. And to a degree, I don't want this to go away. There's times it goes too far. The Reed Flair thing with, with Charlotte and Paige. Yeah, that went too far. Yeah. I thought it went too far in the moment. But I'd rather have them tease that line and miss a few times because this is pro wrestling. And it's hard in 2018, as we find out in the world of comedy, stand-up comedy these days, it's really hard because everything's offensive. It's a PC world. So I like that wrestling's still an area where people can be heels. Brian, and this Brian can they, have, they have two different charity uh, things, functions, or uh, uh, relationships about cancer. And they're basically saying you deserved cancer in real life because of what you did in kayfabe. And this is the it, most hypocritical company we've ever met who just I know who just was know. in Saudi Arabia after we just found out that it was the leader of Saudi Arabia who ordered that hit on the journalist, the same guy who cashed who wrote the check to Vince. So let one again, this is like my Enzo take last week, which people somehow didn't understand. I'm not oh, vouching for Enzo it, as a human. Bad. I'm saying I kind of understood what he did in his mind, and I had respect for that. And in this case, WWE has already sold their soul and gone past this line. This is who they are. So since this is who they are, I really didn't have a problem with this. I actually thought they wrote that kind of well-educated. It made Dean sound like a crazy person who's who's trying to put this on Roman even. And it's really like uh, that part was the only part I, I thought was actually good because it was edgy. There was life to it. Everything else, there was death to it. I, I will agree um, with you on that. It was actually, despite it being... <laughs> Despite it being the worst part of the promo, it was the best part of the promo. No question it about it. Was a- it actually made sense from someone's convoluted mind that they would equate one versus the other. It's just, it's what are the morals of doing so? And and I'm okay with disagreeing with me on that. Um, I didn't hate that they did it initially. I bought into it. I think just the repeated references of it. We don't need to keep doing it. Stop now. Let's pause now. You don't. We know. We're aware. Okay. Let's next time it me- it's mentioned, let him come back and beat the crap out of this guy. <laughs>
And Brad Steele at Brad Steele 01 is right on board with you. He came to us and said, I don't want to hear one word about that line getting heat. First of all, it didn't get heat. It got silenced. Second of all, even if it did get heat, it's not worth exploiting a man's real life cancer. I am baffled. End quote there on Brad Steele. I'm not going to be down on somebody who has that take. I'm not going to be down on you for essentially just cutting that same promo, Adam. I just, look, I'd like that WWE. Look, why do we love WWE? Why do I love boxing and MMA, the red light district of sports? It's a cesspool. Chuck Liddell at 48 is going to fight Tito Ortiz for the third time. Like, this is just ridiculous. So is pro wrestling. And that's why we're all degenerates. And that's why we all love it. Look, I I, I went off on them for the Saudi Arabia stuff. That was a line for me, okay? This, I'm just saying, was distasteful. I'm not taking some grandstand here. I'm simply saying, and, and you know what? Lucky for me, knock on wood, I don't have wood near me, but that's not something that's in, you know involved my life, my family. But if I was a fan, and that is something that in, you know, I had to deal with, like how, how do you feel that WWE is basically saying, like, oh, if you get cancer, you did something wrong in your life and you deserve it? I mean, they're not saying that as a company, no, but, but that's one of their what the top stars said. So you're right. Okay, look, if it's something that hits close to home to you, it's hits close to home to you. Of course, you're going to be upset about that. There's no question about it. So th- but so again, this the, is a deranged difference. character. If they're all, all right with it, I'd rather live in a world where I can be offended in this art form and I can feel grimy because that's how you make a bad guy a real bad guy. And our guy Brad just mentioned, look, it didn't get heat. It got silence. Well, it got both. It got silence at first because people, everyone had the same response. Oh, oh crap. Did they, did, did, did they, are they really doing that? But that's the intended response, just like Dean's original heel turn. So stay grimy, WWE, in that area. Real life grime, Saudi Arabia, no. In this fake, Storyline grime, stay grime. All right, so let's move on and talk about uh, really the women, uh, the storyline involving the biggest women in the company that you know certainly continued at Survivor Series. That I mean, I know she's not like most girls, but calling her the biggest woman in the company—that's not fair. She's one of the big uh, people they're pushing the hardest. That's obviously what I meant. Uh, But involving these four really on both shows. It's just a joke. I know. I know. But I curveball in there. It's fine. It's great. Really good. She's still not good joke. Funny joke. She's still not like most girls. I mean, come on. on. She's not. Um, That said, we, you know, we left our instant analysis a little perplexed on the direction they might be going uh, regarding really who will fight Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania? Because we know that the goal of WWE at this point is for someone to fight Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania and for that match to most likely be the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania 35 in New York. Um, So what we saw really on both these shows, and I'm just going to combine everything together, is we saw Becky Lynch take a full step aside to the point that she wasn't even on TV. uh, Despite fans chanting for her on both shows during Ronda's segment and during Charlotte's segment. Uh, we saw Ronda come out and just, you know, rip F- Charlotte. And you know what? We'll we'll start with Ronda's promo here because the best thing I can say about it is it was not nearly as bad as, as her last two, at least the verbiage. The delivery, um, you know, coming around a little bit to, to you, um, those lines were good enough that that should have been delivered stronger. No question about it. Yeah, well, let, let's let's get into that. We got some business to get into. Our good friend at Derek Zoo, professional comedian, good dude, has his own wrestling podcast, The Mega Potters. Love that guy. He says, hey, man, as a professional actor, the You've been on King, that podcast? 
I have been on that podcast. Uh, Funny, I've, I've never gotten the invite for that podcast. Interesting. Okay. Wow, wow. Derek Zoo turning heel on the Silver King already. He's gonna get he's gonna get into it right now. Hey man, as a professional actor, the Silver King is wrong on Rhonda. Her line reading is garbage. She sounds robotic ninety-eight percent of the time. Dusty Rhodes or Dwayne Johnson could have made that promo work, talking about the one the week before. Rhonda can't. Actually, both of them would have had it changed, and you can't tell me Rhonda doesn't have the stroke to say. That doesn't work for me, brother. I want to get into that, all right? I'd like to respond considering it's addressed to me, if you don't mind. All right, all right, take the floor. Go ahead. All right, well, first off, the the part of me that was actually wrong last week was not about her delivery. Because I'll admit when I – I do admit when I'm wrong. It's just so infrequent that you don't hear it a lot from me. The part that no, was you're wrong right. – you were wrong on the whole thing. That, that's, so that's – Well, the part that was wrong is apparently Ronda Rousey wrote that promo herself, and it wasn't written for her. So – if that is true, which it's been reported that your it is, guy but Meltzer said it, so it's gold in your world. I believe dude. he said it, and I believe no someone belief. else said Meltzer it as said well. It, and and apparently Rhonda said on a video that she was going to go work with Heyman. I would guess not on the words, but on like delivering promos. And really, there's no one better to work with than Paul Heyman, maybe Dusty, obviously, but that's not possible. But if she wrote that, then I have two things to say. One, good for WWE for letting their talent write promos. Two. Bad on WWE. As much as I want you to let talent write promos, you have to have some quality control. Are you effing kidding me that they let... I was criticizing her for not brushing back against them. Now I'm criticizing them for not brushing back against her. How can you let that promo on the air? The millennial man, the avocado toast, all that crap. It truly, truly was awful. To, To his point, though... You can't deliver those lines well. Could The Rock? Yes. The Rock could read a shampoo bottle and get you excited. So could Dusty. But a normal wrestler in WWE could not have delivered. You're not going to have, let me think of someone, uh, the Iconics come out and deliver that promo well. You're not going to have Mickey James come out and deliver that promo well, a veteran of the business. It's a. It was a bad promo, all considered. I agree with you. Yes, she should have done better delivering it. We've been talking about it, but still the promo itself, the written word was the biggest issue. At least that part of it improved this week. You you, you essentially said you just, took I'm agreeing the, with him. Just I'm just saying she's from, actually more to blame. You just took the blame from the WWE writers and passed it to the WWE, like, like uh quality control people when the blame needs to be on you. Take the L and admit you're wrong. Because you sound ridiculous. Because okay, last all, week you refused I, to 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 put any blame on Rhonda. I said I just did. I said it was terrible. Brian, I'm saying she wrote an awful promo. I'm shocked they let her. It was terrible. I can't believe she wrote it. I didn't think those were words she would ever use. And on top of that part too, they never should have left that on the air. But that's her fault. Yes. You were adamant that it was uh, that she's fine on promos and that they're setting her up to fail. Now we find out conveniently that she's the one failing herself and writing it for herself. So, yes, she did improve this week, but we have to go back to last week. I mean, it's just. I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. They got to get her in a workshop, and Heyman is obviously a strong step forward, but they have to improve this now because she's too big of a star. That match on Sunday night was too great. It activated my field spot so deep that I came on this show and said, 
Sorry, Becky, you're the damn man. You're everything I want in pro wrestling, and I might want you out of that main event now because of what I just saw with Charlotte and Ronda. But she needs him, she needs him as a manager. But there's a large problem here, and it's not just Ronda's delivery. Now we're finding out that Ronda has maybe too much control. And at the end of that Derek Zoo DM slide, he said she should have had the stroke to say that doesn't work for me, brother. And quote: The thing is, I think she does have that stroke. Not only because we just found out that she's taking a huge role in writing her promos, but fourth wall removed. I had a WrestleMania, WWE got us an interview with her, thought it was going on the podcast, and right before, Ronda said, no, no podcast. That was her people, though. Right. So what I'm saying is she has the stroke. I interviewed her in Brooklyn during SummerSlam weekend. I didn't know until the second she walked out of the car and walked up to me if the interview was happening. Why? Because her and her people have all the control. You can argue she should have that control. She's a superstar yeah, she yeah. coming into WWE. But the point here is WWE controls largely all of their people except for somebody in this situation. So she has the stroke to not be put in a position to fail. She's... She has the, she has the Brock deal, man. It's the same. It's identical. We're, we're finding out she's got huge creative control, dude. Huge. Yeah. Like Brock does. Right. So we got to put a lot of blame on her and say, if you're going to play at this game at this level, you got to step it up. You got well, Yeah. But okay. But, but what is she doing wrong besides the promos? Her matches are great. Okay, but promos are half of the game. Of course. Brock doesn't speak. Right. So get, give he her does, Heyman. He's fantastic. <laughs> Heyman should Heyman should she should she should have been managed by Heyman from day the one. The whole point here, true. Silver King, and I know people aren't listening can weigh in. You refuse to give any blame on your golden girl, and now it's time. I just spent five minutes doing it. True, but it was hedged by the idea that it was WWE. It wasn't Paul hedged. Originally. I said she is to blame. Also to blame. I'm not saying but I'm saying also to blame. It's both sides. I initially blamed WWE because I thought the writers, like they do for everyone else, wrote her promos. That was not a bad take to have. That's reasonable, okay, for someone who's green like her to think that they're writing her promos. Okay. I was wrong about that, at least in this case. That's all we don't know about last week. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know about Monday. Also, if WWE is going to let her write her promos, they can't just – Blanket approve them when they're as crappy as they were last week. This week, though, because I'm going to move it forward, I thought the content was better. The delivery was still rough, but it was a little bit better. Um, anytime that she is delivering a promo smiling or as that face or without aggression and she's thinking it through, it's bad. When she's able to either in the promo turn or the verbiage of the promo turns to aggression, she gets good. It's more natural. But I went back and I listened to like her press conference interviews back in like strike force and, and you know, with showtime when they used to do that and UFC, she's not a great speaker. There's a reason she's failing as an actress and she's not, she's not getting all those acting roles that she thought she was going to get. She's not great at yes. that. Feel your anger. That said, Silver King, come over that to the dark said, side. That said, she doesn't need to be great at that to be a great wrestler. Brock doesn't speak. She's better at a promo well, don't Brock was actually it. pretty decent. Don't, I was going to say she was better than Brock. It. Don't bury but yourself. Don't she, my, do point is, my point is she doesn't need to be great at it. She has to be acceptable at it. There have been times, the majority of the time since she's joined WWE, she's been more than acceptable. In recent weeks, she has not been. All right. We'll just add, we'll just add it to the list. Well said. You put the blame on her. That was good. That was well handled. Uh, we got another DM from our friend Cam Schilling at Cam Schilling 88 
He he sent this to you, Adam, so I'm going to let you respond. He says, look, can Ronda be saved? I love her, bro, but I feel like a heel turn with a few of her friends is what she needs after tonight. Charlotte's the wrong opponent. Badass Becky is money. That match with Mickey James on Raw was garbage tonight. Honestly, I don't want to hear her talk. Before I throw this to you to respond, I just want to say that I did not love Rousey coming off of the beating that she took to come out Rosie with smiles like everything's good. Because guess what? Everything was not good. There was nothing good going on. She got the crap beat out of her. And then to put her title on the line, like I like the, the I like the back and forth with Baron and her threatening him. That's fine. But like, what does she have to prove? She has to prove to us that she's... I don't like that whole, like, line of thinking. She should protect her title. She's the champion. Your thoughts on what Cam Schilling's saying. Can we save her? Does she need saving? It made no sense. It doesn't fit. And if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. You're not playing the drop? You just you just nailed it. You just, you yeah, just I thought you were going to do... Okay, it. I thought you were going to do a drop, though. Um... The, the storyline booking made no sense. What, she had a chair wrapped around her neck. Why didn't she come out in a neck brace? And maybe tear it off and when Mickey James comes out and threatens her, locks her in the armbar, that's it. That's all you need to do. That's the booking, okay? Make believe you're hurt or sell that you're hurt, but you're still a badass anyway. She didn't sell that she was hurt other than I have some bruises on my body. So the storyline booking was terrible. Um, I think there's merit to the Charlotte feud and I'm okay with it just like you were. But I st- what he said is what I said, and you deleted the uh, DM here off our little rundown, so I can't even give credit to him again. But I agree, certainly. Becky's the money feud. And the, really the question is, and this is where we can work in Ronda here, what do you think the direction is going to be with these four, the fourth being Nia Jax? Because initially coming out of Survivor Series BC, we said, well, it's clear they've changed plans. But what we didn't necessarily consider even though we did talk about how long of a road we have until we get to WrestleMania, four to five months, they have the Royal Rumble coming up. And maybe mentally in our heads, we just keep thinking to ourselves, well, they don't do cross-brand matches, you know, outside of the Royal Rumble match itself, the actual 30-woman match, and potentially, you know, WrestleMania, if, you know, someone challenges, and Survivor Series. But is it possible that this actually shakes out at the Royal Rumble and still provides us with either Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, or Becky Lynch, Charlotte Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania in a triple threat. Possible on the triple threat. That that's always an end game possibility because the, all three are so red hot right now. And I and I have to say, uh, this is all connected to Charlotte. So we kind of have to talk about Charlotte in here too and what she did. And and I, I I'm a little confused. Like I know there was a lot of wasting time on Tuesday having her beat up both iconics put over once again that she's so vicious and whatever but you know she gave the speech that she's now fighting for Becky and and that whole thing just is is messy to me I needed Becky this week I in that match that. she fought for Becky just that match true but the whole thing right now is messy and I need more clarification and we didn't get that so the idea of who Rousey's gonna face I don't think anything has changed for me since that the talk we had Sunday night in depth and in detail about where it could go where it should go no we don't want Becky versus Nia but if Vince wants Charlotte in there, then Becky's going to get Nia because there's real heat from the punch, right? Becky's being Nia's being pushed as a legitimate. I mean, there's not there's not real heat from the punch They're They, they hate her as a person. They don't hate right. Nia Jax. And why do the they character. hate her as a person? Because of the punch. So there's heat there yeah, for the it, punch. It's, it's, it's just, real life. Don't play. Don't get played. Don't don't pull, don't get. OK, here. it's not getting played, man. What the fans are doing is they're basically turning their back on caring about her. They're not booing her. Right. And WWE is taking advantage of that. So that's yeah, perfect. but it's it, 
It's just not, I don't think it's going to work the way they want it to. Unless Becky comes into that match with Nia and squashes her. Of course her. she will. She'll kick the crap out of her. It I don't think really, so. Not this with is all a brilliant. woman who's not like most girls. I don't think she comes in and does that because once to again, someone like her. I don't think they bury Nia like if that. If you acted like that didn't happen, meaning the, the punch, and you just went back to normal, people would not care about Nia. That's just oh, I don't think is. you act like it didn't happen. The concern is that not only are they playing into it, but that it's ruining it could potentially ruin Becky's booking where literally a week earlier or a day earlier, whatever you want to call it, everyone's talking, oh my God, Becky, Ronda, WrestleMania, this is the women's match we want. This could actually sell. So this is where it's complicated. It was a week earlier. Because I argued that when Becky got hurt, it was the best thing for her long-term booking because I assumed, and you reported Meltzer's words, that suddenly this pushes Becky to the main event of WrestleMania and this means that her run might have ended at Survivor Series. She could have lost to Rousey for all we know, or Charlotte could have ran in and interrupted the match and did a brutal beatdown, and we'd be back to where we are. I don't necessarily know. I, I mean, there's a great tr- chance they will water down Becky's hot booking, because guess what? Braun Strowman was red hot nine months ago, and they've watered him down. They watered down everybody who's not the specific chosen one at the moment. Roman Reigns was their chosen one the last few years. Ronda Rousey's their chosen one right now. They're, they don't They don't want to have an organic uh, John Cena, Austin Rock emerge. They want to, and it will, and it will break them, BC, because Becky Lynch is not Braun Strowman. Becky Lynch is Daniel Bryan, and if they try to Becky suffocate her, they're going to. If they try to suffocate her, they're going to suffer the same fate they did with Roman Reigns. They will. Yeah, they're going to screw it up because they don't want organic crossover superstars. They want a factory that creates them themselves. And the thing is, that's the one thing you can't create. But by the way, we were talking about what happens next. What does this mean for Mania? One of our listeners, Coach Pierce, hit you and I both up in a tandem DM and then went back to the well two or three more times to be like, hey, guys, did you watch Ron Smackdown? I'm right. So I want to read his couple paragraph entry here. uh, Kentucky Long Rifle. From at RRHS Coach Pierce. He says, guys, you want Rousey to turn heel. You want real heat. This is the story. Mark it down. Jax has nuclear get out of here heat with the following people. Becky, Rousey, because Nia cost her the dream match, Charlotte, who's the best friend of Becky, Sasha Banks, who threw her off the Nia threw off the turnbuckle as a teammate, Bailey, best friend of Sasha, the two NXT members of the MMA Horsewomen are too green for the big stage, coach says, which I agreed with him. I said that's my problem with doing four horsewomen versus four horsewomen like we thought because Marina and Jessamine don't have the star power and they're too green. So let's get back to Agreed. what coach says. Naya is the third member, which is a reference to Hogan being the third man of the NWO. He says, Naya, Rousey, and Baszler take on the original NXT horsewomen. Now that it's three against four, so what do we do? Asuka turns heel for being overshadowed by Blue Brand Women's Locker Room. Think about this. We may not love it, and I don't, but this is what Vince does when he books the damn territory. You heard it here first. In the words of the great Scott Hall, you want a war? You want a war, Chico? Look at everything that has happened and tell me this is not the direction we are going. Every woman's storyline we care about is one penultimate faction battle. This is like when Vince to the Nexus group led by Wade Barrett and put them out to pasture against Cena's ragtag squash squad. After Raw last night, I am even more convinced this is where they are going. Under your best Bruce Pritchard impersonation of Vince, read it again. This is the wrestling prediction that gets me in the Mount Rushmore of In This Corner. I'm ready for my 
by select favorite color Hall of Fame trunks. All right, uh, Coach, thank you for the uh, entry. Thank you for coming back with your own entry two, three times to make sure we get it on the show. It's a little bit convoluted, but at his core. A little bit convoluted? Well, the Oscar part for me is where it goes off the rails. But at his core, he's saying, how do you fix the four horsemen women versus four horsewomen story? That doesn't make a ton of sense because there's too much star power in the NXT side with Sasha Bailey, Charlotte, and Becky. You add Nia as the muscle to the Ronda and MMA girls. And that, I think, is very interesting because, like he said, she's got natural heat with everybody across the street. She's a legitimate, you know, legitimately strong, has size, and can wrestle to a certain degree. I kind of like where Coach Pierce is going here, Adam. Uh, Naya also has heat with Ronda. They're fighting. She challenged her previously, you know, in their first title defense that Ronda got screwed over. Uh, the fourth woman would be Tamina because they're already in a team with Naya. So why would you do that? And that wouldn't be four horsewomen versus four horsewomen because those four aren't the four horsewomen. Right. But, so but Vince no. doesn't care about the, the history of that. He's, when's this match? He, when's he suggesting this match is going to be mania? No. So, but what he's saying is, look, this is a Vince thing to everybody has to be in a faction and on no, the women's side. Since when? Since team team PCB and sorority sisters like they don't they no, don't they haven't been they haven't done that. They've split them all up into teams. They're, right. they're putting all these women into teams, we would think, for the women's tag team titles, which somehow still haven't happened. Maybe they're going to announce them for the, the winner. At, you know, first winner will be, get them at WrestleMania or something. But all these women have just been divided up into teams of two. I'm telling you, Coach Pierce is onto something. This adds juice to the idea of four horsewomen against each other. No, because, it doesn't. Because there's so much heat against I like him. I think he's a great listener, Twitter follower. I enjoy his takes. I don't like this. You one. didn't block him, is what you're saying? No, I don't block anyone. The talk box. He's he's still waiting for the call up, Coach. All right. He's been unblocked for weeks. Oh, he has been. This is breaking news yeah. here into the into the podcast. All right. No, it's been right. weeks. I mean. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Um. So that, that cross Silver King, you get burned for a short period oh, of time. Here That's we it. go. Here we go. Don't don't mess with the Silver King guys. But, but honestly, mess. so just just to wrap this up, though, put a bow on it. Um. For me, because you said it didn't change your thoughts, what happened on Monday and Tuesday, for me it did. It actually made me believe that, yes, I do think there's a possibility that WWE foregoes title matches or even has them as title matches, but runs Becky Nia and Charlotte Rousey at the Royal Rumble and saves the match that we're all hoping for, whether it's a triple threat or whether it's Becky Ronda. For WrestleMania, it's just interesting that they held Becky out of both she was clearly chanted on both shows, chanted for on both shows. Um, I thought Charlotte delivered very well on SmackDown, but it didn't do enough for me to say, like, this is the woman I want to see against, you know, against Rousey. Uh, not with Becky existing. Yeah, and I hated that that whole iconic Smack situation. It's just something was just Why did you like, hate it? It's just there was something very lame about it. I, I didn't mind her promo. I like that direction, but it was like doubling down on a point that didn't need to be doubled down on. Like she just beat the crap out of Rousey, like viciously throwing the two iconics over the table and beating them both. It's sort of gratuitous to me. I know it was well, a time filler ultimately, but first of all, I, lo- I liked her promo very much. I thought she delivered it well. I thought it was very good. And I, th- I, just like I said on Sunday, there were for the, not the first time necessarily, but I saw flashes of Ric Flair in that promo. Like it was, the same thought process, you know, the dastardly, even dropping the woo the way she did. Normally, she just does it at the end, and it's high-pitched. She did it in, like, when Ric Flair is, like, right in the middle of talking. Woo! Right in the middle of talking, you know? 
So it just felt really good, and it felt like they actually found something with Charlotte that really has been missing since she's been this bubblegum babyface, and especially since she lost to Carmella. She's just been down in the dumps, and I think this is a nice turn. And people are saying, like, hey, is this too similar to Becky? I don't feel that way. For me, it's different enough that I don't mind them both being in this purgatory heel face, whatever you want to call it. I think it works. Yeah. Uh, that was just a little convolution going on in that match. Um, it is somewhat similar to Becky. I'm a little confused. I need a, I need some clarification on where we're going there. Uh, there's a lot of similarities lately, and a lot of it has to do with uh, people punch, kicking each other in the in the balls. It's just the newest thing on WWE, and that plays into Daniel Bryan's heel turn explanation on SmackDown this week. Which, all in all, you know what? I watched it twice, and I, and I never watch things twice. But I was so tired after uh, Old Man Basketball League last night that I knew I didn't give it the justice it deserved. Last night, I hated it. This morning, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. You hated it last night? I did. I kind of hated it last night because I thought he, I, I, it was kind of lame to me last night. But look, when I'm when I'm that beat down after after two hours of basketball. Brian, it was it was great. I, I don't know about Not good. Great. Not good. Well, all right, that's fine. Great. I, I want to hear you take it a minute. Um, I liked it. I liked it this morning. I liked it uh, because him with that awful beard and hair it works giving that type of promo. There was some intelligence to that type of promo. I like the direction it's going. You didn't have to beat someone down afterwards. I think he said what he said and it, and it, and it, and it made an impact. Why did you think it was great? Um, it was one of the most concise, well-rounded, um, thoughtful and, uh, not convoluted. I don't know what the opposite word of convoluted is the antonym, but it made perfect sense. It, it went so far as for him to say that, you know, in the hyperbaric chamber, he had the the silence and to actually think through, you know, all of these things that had been bugging him and that it's all about the championship and it's all about him and that, you know, yeah, everyone was down for him when he first came back, but then it kind of faded, which is basically exactly what we said, what our criticism was of him. I thought the only thing missing was that the tagline of it is like the old Daniel Bryan is dead. This is the new Daniel Bryan. All he had to say was, this is the dragon or this is the American dragon or, or whatever he wanted to say, because that is the character and it's great. Um, I, I was thoroughly impressed by it. It was clear. He wrote the promo. It was clear. They gave him the flexibility to deliver it the way he wanted to. His mannerisms were great, deciding to go on the table at the end and squat down and rub the title. I got I got a tweet like he was got uh, is it got I don't really know Lord of the Rings Gollum. Yes. With the precious the ring. They're like he reminded me of Gollum with that promo. Well, he didn't really. But the way he caressed the title did. It, it was great. It was creepy. It was a little like off putting. I was like, oh, this is not Daniel Bryan. I know. But that's the whole point. I thought he killed it. I thought it was great. Wow, you, you talked me into it even more. Yeah, you, you nailed the parts that was good about it. it. I like that they let it be that. We didn't have to see a fight afterwards. Sometimes you got to do that. You got to let it air exactly. out. And and I'm glad I went back to the well. Uh, I can't watch wrestling when I'm tired and angry. And then when wrestling makes me angry, I definitely can't watch it. But uh, yeah. yeah um, but like kayfabe wise, AJ Styles has to go to sporting goods stores, right? Like he has to see that cups exist. He has to know these things. I, I just don't like that they're like 
they're doing that way too often. Like it would have if they hadn't done it at all, and then Daniel Bryan did here did it to to turn heel. It would have been like, oh, that that's smart. That's a way to you know bring. They that just did back. it against AJ, like the same person. Yeah, the same person and in a quote unquote dream match. Didn't like the Miz just have a, a ball situation too. Somebody else. Somebody else. Someone else did. There were three. Yeah, there was another one. So yeah, I'm not down with that. Um, so this is a good direction. Let's see where it goes. Where where is he going? And who's he facing in Mania? That's what I got to figure out now. Daniel Bryan. That's a great question. I I, I do want to make one correction from last week's show or from the incident analysis. It was late. We were tired. You asked me at the end of that show, uh, who do I think is going to face Brock? And I said, hey, you know Rollins. And I still do believe that's a possibility. But the, what I and my answer to you two weeks ago was Rollins or AJ Styles. I think this is setting up brilliantly for Styles to win the Royal Rumble. That would be fantastic. Dude, uh, this is what we deserve as fans. You know what we deserve? We don't deserve great match, dream matchups to be rushed in in between pay-per-views. We deserve AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Like, that's that's a million percent what we deserve. Thank you. Can I please have that, WWE? Please. Can you give me what I want? Just give me what you know what I want and I need, because then I won't talk bad about you on my podcast. Then I'll <laughs> buy more merch. Then I'll get my kids more involved. That's how it works, okay? Don't troll book me. There's too much competition these days segway adam segway well, i was gonna say two. someone else who could potentially be giving you what you need but yeah you make the segue go ahead Segway into the second part of our main event it begins with a question i'm all in are you all in brian oh come on I'm oh come on brandy. Oh. oh brandy by the way i do i do toil no, that night was there any no. chance she wasn't zero right. chance all zero point zero market zero all right um so adam i look i i, I gotta you know nick if nick was here Take the L and admit you're wrong, because you sound ridiculous. We could we we could be cooking with oil in the revolution again, Adam. Yeah, we might be, but I don't know why you did that sound drop. Because anytime we present something on this show, you crap on it. You kill it. You step on its throat. You say there's no chance it's going to happen. All in will never sell 10K. Fox will never get a piece of the WWE Not deal. Not what happened. Jericho will never re-enter the revolution Ronda definitely happen. doesn't write her own promos. And that this rumor that that Meltzer said wasn't true with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Omer, is 100% not true. Don't put it in the rundown, Campbell. We're not talking about it on the show. Why should we even speculate? Because it's not true. And I said, you got to have some optimism. You really live in a world where you create your own sense of, like, past and history. Dude, the, so the of, of, the four things you ju- of the four things you just mentioned, two were true. All four the Jericho true, and the Ronda thing. The other two were not. Those are not things I said. They've been proven as such on this show. Regarding Meltzer, he never said this wasn't true, which we're going to talk about. We're teasing the bag, and you all all are going to get the mess very soon. He never said this wasn't true. I never said that. What I said specifically about this, which we will talk about in a moment, is I will believe it when I have legitimate reason to right now at the time, whenever that was like a month ago. All we had was a report that seemed to be piecing together social media items from a website that did not have a lot of credibility. Now what we have, what happened last night, is something that has a lot of credibility. A Reddit user, Wild Turkey, with a three instead of the E. Another credible source, right? Wild Turkey with a three, another another credible source. No, he's not a credible source. What he found is credible. This is our job as journalists. We figure out what is and is not credible. What he found are a myriad of trademark filings under the company name all Elite Wrestling LLC. Yes. Now, could I, Adam Silverstein, create All Elite Wrestling LLC? Absolutely. But I didn't. 
Those trademarks are registered to that company, which is address is the home address of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Tony Khan, the son of Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, is the one who was reported, rumored, whatever you want to call it, to be the money man behind this potential organization, which again, we're assuming because we don't know, run by the elite. But not only did they trademark All Elite Wrestling LLC, BC, they trademarked All Elite Wrestling, Double or Nothing, which was the rumored name to the follow-up to All In, All Out, Tuesday Night Dynamite, which sounds to me like a TV show, AEW, the initials, AEW All Out, another version of the probably pay-per-view show. No, AEW and is All all Elite Wrestling, the name of the company. All Elite Wrestling, yes. And then AEW Double or Nothing, which has been rumored to be this the second one, like I just said, taking place in Las Vegas, which makes sense, casino, blah, blah, blah. So, not only all of that, BC, other Reddit users went ahead and found that a domain and Twitter account were both created with the AEW name last month. So, now it seems we actually have some meat to gnaw on and discuss. Is this going to be a legitimate promotion? Do we think this is all real? Or is it some fan spending $2,000, $4,000 to play a bad joke? There's no joke. Or, There's smoke. Or, or if it is real, what do you think the prospects of this working would this be? This is the same conversation we had a couple weeks ago. I just wanted to point out that it's okay to have those conversations because there was smoke. There was it's okay to have the conversations smoke. now that we have meat to gnaw on. Oh, Back then, you can't just address every BS, potentially BS, internet All right, rumor. Don't That's get all mad I was trying at me. To say. Get mad at our listeners. Because while we're recording this, Tactitus Kilgore at Man Dude V on Twitter, Man Dude V. Man Dude V. That does sound like a good uh, 1990s WWE wrestler name, by the way. That's Ta- Tacitus Kilgore? Is that some kind of movie character that I have no idea about? He know. says, in response to this, the revolution has been revitalized. No, scratch that. It was real all along. I'm expecting a silver hedge on this one. I think you just got that, man, dude. Because, fine, you, you, you Adam, can't, you gotta you listen can't to keep this. doing this, man. No, it's it's you, so you, unbecoming. You weasel of you. your way out of it. You cut everything. That's I'm not. New I'm t- and fresh and non WWE. You step on the throat and say there's no chance. You don't. Give it a chance in your head. You got to see it to believe it. There's no, there's no belief in there. There's no belief system. I don't believe internet rumors that that have no proof. This has proof. Now I'm willing to talk about it. It's not difficult to understand. I think we saw a hedge. I'm a journalist. It's literally my job. It's what I went to college for. I think we saw enough leading into that to talk about it. That things are happening. That the revolution is real. That things are moving. That. Cody's been tweeting about the Jaguars forever, that things are happening. Of course, Jericho is going to say it's not happening because he's got business with other companies. Oh, right well, Jericho, now. you can't trust on anything. But yet. here we go. This is big news. This is the next giant step in the revolution because it's organizing. All in was the appetizer for that, the, the test model. Now we're organizing. Now we got people from all these indie federations considering pooling their talents, bringing in some legends like the voice of Jim Ross, potentially and trying to make a run at number one. And it's not trying to make a run at having the equal financial success of WWE or running them out of business. It's in, it's more impossible in 2018 than it was in 1997, all right? But it's the idea of becoming a legitimate number two and winning the critical battle, which is yes. what this, uh, this revolution is all about. You got to take a swing for a revolution to be real. It's not enough to just do some fun things and have some seven-star matches and do an independent pay-per-view. You got to take your swing. 
We don't know what this swing will be. We don't know what Tuesday Night Thunder or whatever they call it. Tuesday Night Dynamite is going to be. Is that going to be on a legitimate cable station? Is that going to be on Axis? Or is that going to be on YouTube for all we know? Maybe they'll be ahead of the game. Maybe on Netflix. We don't know. But they're forming. They're getting ready for the Great War. And as a wrestling fan, no matter what side you stand on, as if there should be sides, who cares what side you're on? We all watch wrestling and love it. You should be on the front line saying, I want these rumors to be true. I want to debate this. So that's why this is a head silver king. Because right away, like, no, 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 no. No, we're going to talk about it on the show like we did three weeks ago. Yeah, like now we we're going to talk about it. Because it's, it's happening. Because people are all in in this world. Not just me. Not just Brandy. They're all in on wrestling. Her and I could be all in on something else. I'm not really sure. I'm still figuring that out. I'm listening to the tone of her You're voice. Not. But You're what not. I'm saying is, is it's happening. It's really happening. I don't know if it's going to work, but I damn well want to see it because it's going to raise the tide of all the ships like it did in the late 90s, like it did in the mid-80s when Vince went national and everybody else was trying to keep up. What a time to be alive. This is the third boom period. This is a revolution. And this all elite wrestling is a big step forward because what all improved was that these guys are bigger than those other brands. Cody, the Bucks, Kenny, they're bigger than even New Japan's role in this in this revolution. They're bigger than ROH's role. They are they well, are the revolution. ROH is worthless, but yeah. these guys are it. And they're gonna try it. And Damn, the reason why this is great is because it's going to open up a legitimate number two for WWE stars that are unhappy, and you're going to see crossover. You're going to see some guys leave, some guys come and change sides, and you're going to hopefully see real competition. And that's when you're going to see WWE have to bring it. And by the way, they will win the war because they have so much ammo, and they actually know how to bring it when they want to. Do I prefer the styles of these other companies, yes. But inside WWE's own damn house, they have NXT, which some nights a year is the best thing going. So, oh man, I'm fired up for this. The key here is not all the names being trademarked. That's irrelevant. I have trademarks, okay? it's None of that matters, okay? What's the relevant part here is who is apparently bankrolling it. Because any promotion can start and anyone can get a couple million dollars together to start a wrestling promotion. There's plenty of them in these United States and across the world. There are very few billionaires who have the money to start a wrestling promotion and are willing to put the money behind a wrestling promotion for it to be successful right out of the gate. Now, there are some companies, MLW, which is, I think, located down here in South Florida. I don't think they have that kind of money behind it. They are taking steps Month by month, and they're impressing people, and they're growing very, very slowly. That's not how you affect WWE. The way you affect WWE is making a strike. I'm not saying at them. I'm saying making an impact in the marketplace where you say, we have a TV show. You know that Tuesday night slot you're going to give up when SmackDown moves Fridays? We're taking it, and we're either going to be on major network or we're going to be, like you said, on YouTube or Netflix or Amazon Prime or something like that, and you come right in with a group of talent that people want to see. The risk here, All In was very successful. We loved it. We both sang its praises night of and afterward when we when we talked about it on the podcast. The question is, was that a novelty or is that sustainable? Because what you have to remember about All In is it had 100 plus episodes of a YouTube show that had insane popularity for one small group of people. They waved in storylines and they built it all up to this apex this climax of a show. 
Is the love going to be there? Is the interest going to be there for possibly a weekly TV show? A possibly, let's say, four times a year pay-per-view because there's no way they go monthly right away. Is that same level of interest going to be there and is it going to be sustainable? And do enough people care about high-quality wrestling for them to garner the ratings they need to succeed? Yes, those are the questions that I think need to be asked. It's so huge right now that I think the last question is easy. This is the right time to do it. There's such an appetite for this, as you see on all these streaming sites and Fight TV app and all these places where you can find many different promotions. Um, You raised some good points, but it's going to come down to this. Is this going to be an all-star tour or a weekly show that's kind of like a combination of the being the elite show with actual wrestling that moves storylines around that that is a infomercial for the quarterly pay-per-views and then in between that everybody is still doing their ring of honor new japan or is this the the competitor is this the place where they're trying to get people to come in maybe not exclusive because i don't think they should go exclusive because i think the model moving forward all those indie guys say they wish wwe was not exclusive so they can come in and do a program ahead of mania and then go back to japan the next month and do whatever yeah, but they wwe want. has no reason to ever do right that. so that's yeah. why i think this should be non-exclusive but you got to get big names you got to bring back legends i think a lot of legends would want to come back and be a part of it and it's going to come down to two things okay the most important is for long term is creativity to me uh, TNA had a lot of great legends a decade ago and they couldn't make it work because they didn't have the right creative right. people. They couldn't sustain it. It sucked right. in the end. And then maybe you can argue even more important is money. But to make a legitimate splash, you got to be willing to lose a lot of money right away. How is yes. the zone right now making a legitimate splash in the combat sports world against Showtime, HBO, which is going away and these other places? Because they're spending an insane amount of money right away and getting big names. You got to do it. I'm hoping these are because that's the only way you're going to compete with WWE. In reality, you got to just be willing to have a lot of money and lose a lot of money right away or it's just going to be second rate. So I want to see what happens. I'm excited. I'm fired up. Silver King, become a believer. Become a believer that it's possible. Become a believer that it's going to happen. Don't convince me. Convince our listeners. By the way, you mentioned that the zone's in debt. Netflix, I think, is in $5 billion in debt. And they're the most successful streaming company in the world. So you're, that's why being a billionaire matters. I just want to, I want to, or having a billionaire investor involved matters. I I have to stress that point. That's really the key because you have to be able to sustain losses for two, three years. And it's not losses like people aren't going to be interested. It's you have to lay out a ton of money to get not just equipment, but, you know, possibly um, venue rentals and all these things, not knowing how much you're going to fill them, not knowing if the interest is going to carry fan interest from one event to the next. It's a massive risk to do something like this. Now, maybe because it is someone who is involved with sports, they have connections and abilities to make sure that, you know, this isn't as huge of a risk for them. I don't know the answers to those things. I'd love to ask them. Problem is, we've asked them to do our show and they don't come on our show. So maybe that'll change with this. Point being, I think this has a unique opportunity to be successful if all of this is true and if this is going in the direction we think. For all we know, They may not be thinking of competing at that kind of level. And a little bit more to your point, they may just be trying to do like one monthly show that's called this Tuesday night thing and maybe four pay-per-views a year. And you know what? Maybe less would be more. Maybe they keep their YouTube show. Maybe they have it. They factor in the NJPW and when those events are and they don't go head to head like them like WWE does. Maybe this is part of a much more well thought out plan than we think or – 
Maybe they're legitimately going all in. If you're asking me if I'm on board, of course I'm on board. I've always been on board with no, them do doing something. What I hate, BC, and I've I, I've been very clear about this, is commenting, and I'm not going to repeat what we just said, but I don't buy into it's better because, and I'm not saying that this is your take. I'm not, I don't buy into simply it's better because it's not WWE. This has an opportunity to be something very special. I'm going to give it every opportunity to, to be it. I was excited for All In before All In. I loved All In during it. We talked about it. We sang its praises after the fact. And my biggest takeaway from All In was give these guys NWA. Well, you know what's maybe a little bit better than NWA? Starting your own promotion. Damn right. Now tell me who's the fruit booty. I'm with and re- you, JB. And real quick, anyone who hears my dog in the background, apparently they chose the day before Thanksgiving to paint the outside of my place. Dog's going crazy. That's Moose. You can say hello to Moose at another time. And you can find him on Twitter at no, just kidding. Uh, all right, let's. You'll let's, find him on Twitter at my Twitter account because I'll send some pictures. The main event yes. is over, but I mentioned this is a Thanksgiving show. We give thanks for you, our, our our listeners, our passionate people. You had a lot of thoughts. We got some piled up DMs that we want to run through and have some fun with. So hit me with the horn. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that? An email? Yes, John. Yes, it is. One we one we actually skipped uh, was Nims Azure at Doc Nims, who very smartly asked UBC, "Hey, why is at Silverstein Adam following this all elite wrestling Twitter account before Brian Campbell? Is he the third man in the revolution all along? It was me, Austin. It was me all along." Even you can't get that joke over because people know your black heart when it comes to non-WWE stuff. They know the score. They know the truth. I just, I just wanted to give him credit. It was a good tweet. All right, go and ahead. And it starts out with our brother, uh, the mayor himself, uh, Glenn, at that's got to be, that's got to be Kane. Yeah, be. yeah, Vince. Hey, Adam, request for the next show. Can you discuss whether WWE is incapable of booking legend returns nowadays. Thinking of all the recent returns in the past five years, Kurt Angle, Batista, Sting, even Rey Mysterio, and most recently, HBK with a sad emoji. So much potential wasted in these returns. Adam, is that true? Is WWE incapable of booking legends? I'll let you expand on it. I disagree. I think the booking decision with Batista... Um, having him in a t- trying to put him in a title match with Randy Orton instead of Daniel Bryan, it was a terrible decision. I don't think the booking was necessarily bad. I've been fine with Kurt since he's returned. I was fine with Sting when he came back. He got hurt. That obviously wasn't anticipated. I loved the Goldberg return. I think we're glossing over how great that was. Um, I think Ray's been pretty crappy since he's come back, and HBK obviously was, you know, a blood money in the sand. So, you know, I'll let you answer, but I, I think they're doing fine. It just depends on the situation. Yeah, it, it is situational. You kind of nailed it. Like, let's not forget when Kurt came back, they were very afraid of how much they were going to give him because of his history with the law, with drinking, with with uh, substance abuse. And, you know, they tried him out with the Hall of Fame, got a great reaction. They tried him out as a, as a raw GM, and then eventually it led back to the ring. Do I want him in tactical care? No, that sucks. But that's a different scenario. Sting was great. He got a title shot. Let's not forget that. They did things with him, whether you wanted that Triple H match or not. And I don't think Ray's been a disaster. I just think, look, he's a legend who can't come back and win the championship. So unless he's coming back just for one match at Mania, if he's going to be a week-to-week player, he's kind of being the role that that works for him. The HBK thing is 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 a debacle, and that's his fault and, and Saudi Arabia's fault and Vince's fault. And Goldberg was fantastic. So no Kane. 
I think they know what they're doing. I just think it comes down to how important is the legend that's coming back? Have they been around? Every time Batista's going to come back, he's a legend, yes, but it's not like people are like waiting for that moment. We never thought it would happen. It's one of those right. things that you're like, okay, that's cool. But then if he does something annoying or wears tight blue pants, you're going to boo him. And that's kind of what happens. So. And by the way, the Batista, pro- like this isn't a full comeback, but his promo that he came back on SmackDown 1000 was fantastic. And if that it was going to set up, we think, a match with Triple H, at WrestleMania, Triple H now tore his pack. That's not their fault. So th- that seemed to be going well. They just brought Trish back a couple times. She did fine. So, no, I, I, you know, fine question, but I think it really just depends. I think you may have cherry-picked some of the bad ones. BC next up from JB at JBrax with an X, 1122. Said two points. One, SmackDown got swept 6-0, and I expected Shane to call up some new players. Nope. Very disappointed. Two, sorry, but wrestling is way less fun without Roman. That should have been Styles versus Roman on Sunday. Wow, wow. Let's start off with number one. He's damn right. For this Shane storyline of how important Survivor Series was, again, it's overplayed, but they got me into it. I said that in the preview. They got me to care a little bit because Shane inserted himself into the into the money in the sand thing and won the trophy for SmackDown and talked about how losing to his sister is the worst thing. So for them to lose six to nothing and then them to essentially not address that, no punishments, no one loses their job, and Shane ends up in a tag team jobber match with The Miz, which there were certain elements of that, which was fine. And if they become a tag team, it's different. It's fun. That's okay. I like the Bryant brothers. All that's good. But no, this is very disappointing. This was building up something and actually getting me to care for a second. And then going, hey, all along, that wasn't what we were doing. It's kind of like when Shane came back and mentioned the lockbox with his dad. And then they never talked about that again. (laughs) And then if he didn't beat The Undertaker, he wouldn't have a job. Then he got a job anyway. It's It was made commissioner. Yeah. For the course for WWE and it sucks. But Adam, that second half of the question from JB, I mean, he's right. I think we're, we're finding out, or at least I am, that we love Roman. And even if he got booed a lot, and even if we got mad at him or his booking a lot, sometimes that's a part of what we love about wrestling. And knowing Roman's going to come out and knowing you're going to see the reaction to what's going to happen is a big part of it. Him not being there, I've, I can feel the void right now. Now, I don't want to. I don't know if I want to go as far as his last sentence. I mean, I thought uh, Brock and Daniel Bryan was fantastic, and I thought Brock and AJ would have been great. But he brings up a good point. Would that have been AJ and Roman? It would have been, but we've also seen that we saw a rivalry. We saw like two matches we of saw that. Two and so they were great, by the way. So, uh, so I wasn't missing that. Um, I think that should probably be the end of Styles. Like, like. His last feud should probably be Roman. I said we deserve things, Adam. Don't we deserve that as a mania? We deserve that. We deserve that. Uh, And I also disagree that wrestling is way less fun without Roman. So, you know, I'm going to be very clear. I I wish that he pulled a hamstring or something and was out of action for a little bit instead of what's actually happening, of course. But the truth is, this is a breath of fresh air, not having him on screen and having WWE book around him and book other people strong – You know, we are going to appreciate Roman Reigns so much more when he gets back than we did from seeing him week to week because the guy was never injured. Aside from having, like, the mumps, he never took any time off. They never gave him a break. They never wrote him out of storylines. Well, he did did have Adderall one time. uh, Yeah, but then he got a title match, right, like, as soon as he came back. (laughs) My point is is that this is actually a, a refreshing break from him, and he will be appreciated and over so much more when he gets back obviously we wish for vastly different reasons but this is a break that john cena never took cena got stale he got booed 
and you can argue that he was at least he was always there and he was performing and he was a constant. And maybe it is not as great with him not there because I actually do miss John Cena a little bit, but I miss him now. I didn't two years ago when he was there every single week. I miss Roman now. I would never miss him. You can't miss someone if they're not gone. That's the truth. Wow. So I like I like that he's not there from a storytelling reason. I obviously hate the reason why, and I wish it wasn't the case. To answer the second part of this very briefly, we don't know that they're not calling on anyone up. They've done this Lars thing on both Raw and SmackDown. You don't know where he's going to go. They have giants all over Raw. It would make a lot of sense for him to go to SmackDown, but I will tell you, because we're not going to mention him again, Sorry, I think he's going to be a huge failure on the main roster. Oh, give him a chance, dude. He won me over. He cannot speak. You think Rousey's bad? He uh, cannot speak. But he, he shouldn't speak. He shouldn't speak. He should. He's okay, but he's got to at some point. He's an ogre. He should have a manager, but he's really good in the ring. He won me over he's in great. a big way. He's great in the ring. His look is good. He looks like King Kong Bundy-esque, but muscular. Like, the hair is really all I'm saying. He's hairy. Um, he has a good look, but he cannot speak at all. At all. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, he's not, I not, will. He's not a great I will. speaker, but I mean, he does the giant voice, so that's fine. But uh, I almost had the opposite on some of your takes there, where it's like Cena being gone now made me realize again how much I don't like him. Like, I respect Cena. Obviously, I respect Cena. He's in that lineage of, of carrying the torch from, you know, Hogan to, to Cena and Rocky. I mean, Rock and Cena, all that stuff, Austin. But uh, I realize now, again, that I don't really love John Cena. And I think Roman Reigns is better all time than John Cena. He doesn't have the years if you're going to compare. Oh, it's not not yet. Not I think close. I think he's better as a as a performer all time than John Cena. And I think that you know, you almost hate saying this, but if Roman never wrestles again, he's probably going to have a kind of Kurt Cobain inflation to his re, re, you know, legacy where it's like yes. you know, yeah. he was a 50 times better than we ever knew he was when he was there and that might be deserved or undeserved, but I'm going to say it right now. I think Roman Reigns is better than John Cena all time. He's a great wrestler, seen as a 10 times better talker. True, but even Cena's talking still rubs me wrong. Like, Cena hasn't found a way to take something. It got worse, but you're forgetting, you're forgetting Cena in his prime. No, we haven't Cena's seen him in his prime great. in 10 years. Obviously, Cena's greater. He wouldn't have been on top that long, but he's maximized himself in every category to impressive ways. But I don't really like John Cena. And I really. That's okay. Like you, don't have, you don't have to like him. You don't have to. That's true. You know, that's true. All right. From, Simple as that. All right. Hey, at, Johnny Pags is back at us from at John Paglio. I was going to read it to you, but oh, go ahead. Oh, wow. Bring it to me. Yeah, right. Uh, it's your show. Yeah, I, I know whose name is on the marquee, better, apparently. Better check that You're out. forgetting, which yeah. is good, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. No, no. We always know whose name is uh, on the marquee. In this Campbell podcast. Uh, Hero Zero, Johnny Pags says, if you put the raw commentary team on NXT, the product wouldn't be as special. Damn right, Johnny Pags. Yeah, that's a hero. Uh, what you're gonna have, Michael Cole? It's dream time. Like, what? What are you gonna get? Um, <laughs> I think. I think more. If you have, here's the truth. Actually, Michael Cole on the May Young Classic, which Brian still has not watched for some reason, because you tried um, to say it was as good as the Cruiserweight Classic. So I'm just gonna keep moving on. I'm just gonna move on. That's your. You're okay. So you're missing. Like, do you not trust my wrestling opinions in terms of match quality? It. It's great. You're you're costing yourself great matches. To answer that question, the truth is Michael Cole without Vince in his ear is pretty damn good. So um, NXT would not be as great without Morrow, no, or Percy, who does a great job and is underrated, but it would still be very good. Yeah, it, I mean, it's you're right. The reality is that they're overproduced on the main roster. We're on NXT that you feel like they're allowed to play ball. So that's ultimately the difference in this question. You just got schooled by... Vintage Cole!
wow. All right. Yeah. You know, he still doesn't get enough respect, Michael Cole. He's really good. He's just annoying. But yeah, he, he can bring it when he's when the really rain, good. When the rains are off, he can bring it. Yeah, he can. All right, BC. Up next from SM at Mr. Mateen. Big fan. Was a wrestling fan growing up in the 90s. Stopped watching after the Altitude Era. Attitude Era. And NXT revived my love. Question for ITC. Top three NXT members that you are most excited to see in the main roster. Where would you like them to land? And who would they feud with? Wow. Wow. Um... I think our, my number one choice maybe be the same to you. It's the damn Alistair, uh, not Alistair, uh, the damn dream. The Velveteen dream is the number one guy that I would like. If you said right now, whether the, whether it's their time or not, whether it's too soon or not, who would you like to see on the main roster and see what it looked like and see how good they could be? It's it's the Velveteen dream right now. I think he's actually a guy that Vince wouldn't ruin. Vince would actually enhance and make better because I think Velveteen has a very Vince-esque character that the, yes. bril- that the still... Some there's still the brilliance that's still inside of Vince could come out with Velveteen if it's not already. I don't I don't know who knows whatever. He he may push him a little bit, a tiny bit towards like the gold dust. That's true. A little true. bit, but but I do agree with you. But I I'd yeah. like to see him right away, and I'd like to see him fast track to the title level, and I'd love to see him against everyone. I know you'd like me, uh, Mister Mateen, to give you a, a a few that make sense. How about everybody? How about he feuds with everybody? Okay, because that's what I want to see. How about he feuds with Seth Rollins? Yes, yes, sign me up, sign okay. me up. And That's one, you got two more. All right, um, our good buddy on, on CBS Sports, Jack Crosby, formerly Jack Jorgensen, after a recent gimmick change, uh, he's been saying this forever. That was a big gimmick change. It was a big gimmick change. It, it really was. It was okay. big time. Let's see if, if, he can, if he can get heat the same way he used to as Jack Jorgensen. No, our buddy Jack Crosby, who we love, has always said this about Matt Riddle, that if there was somebody who may have had the that thing, that, uh, what do we call that again? That, um... It. Yes, that one. Okay, thank you. Uh, he may have had that to skip NXT and go right to the main roster and get the rocket ship on his back because he's so special. Um, I-, I could see him tomorrow on the main roster because physically he's just so unique, and I could see him in his dream match with Brock Lesnar and it'd be friggin' fantastic because he's Absolutely. kind of a new school Brock Lesnar in some categories. Not not the same body size, but that'd be Absolutely. That, that's my two. Who else you got? One more. Yeah, he asked you for three. Oh wow, wow, wow! Uh, you got anybody that's that's jumping off the NXT roster? Are you? I don't know. My my first two are identical, so <laughs> it's really tough. Um, quick thought. You know what? I would love to see Adam Cole. Really, the undisputed era. I'm gonna cheat. So, yeah, I want, but I want them to come up in a Shield like debut. Yes, I, I'd like to see them against like New Day. I exactly walk on in SmackDown. on day one and attack. Some yeah. day one ish on New Day, and then because you can't bring them up separately, and I think you got to bring them as whole because they it works. It just straight. You have works. them take out New Day, then you have them take out the Usos, and you go through it on SmackDown. That'd be great. Oh, I'm done with that. I'm they need. They that. still need a big guy. I don't get it. And five is better than four anyway. Give them one more dude. Let's get a real faction in WWE. Right, They're let's, great. Let's stay on this NXT thread from another DM sliding in here from the OG, the OGBC of the show, our first follower, our first listener, the guy whose dollar bill is framed in my office on the wall from Midi Brand, hashtag DMIDI is money, at DMIDI78, your heel from down under says, guys, do you think Hogan is in on the Velveteen Dream using his gimmicks? He has to be. No matter what Hogan has done, he is still an icon, probably the most important outside of VKM in the history of wrestling. 
there surely is an underwritten rule that you don't mock another man's gimmick without their approval. And kudos to Dream for pulling it off. Interesting way to look at it, Adam, because if, let's say, Dream had come out tomorrow and didn't tell anybody and dressed up as Scott Hall or Jimmy Snuka, would he get away with it? I mean, yes, I would have to think that everyone's in on this. When Triple H tried to say that Velveteen Dream went out for two takeovers ago with the call me up Vince on his ass and Vince didn't approve it. Yeah, right, dude. So yes, everyone's in on it. And by the way, Hulk Hogan, it's not like he has leverage to say no right now, right? He just wants to be a part of something. Well, here's the key. And I'm just going to be blatantly honest. Hogan should love this because it's not someone doing it. It's a black guy doing it. It's the best possible case scenario for him. And it's the next great. And then look, the the storyline. And it's not, and it's not mocking. It's respecting. Well, there is a mock because the storyline. I don't think it's mocking at all. From tough enough when Patrick Clark, AKA Velveteen dream got cut by Hulk Hogan as a judge. And there's, there's a promo that you can, you know, there's, there's footage. You can go back and watch of them talking to each other. And look, how much can you criticize Hogan? He cut a guy that was a prospect who didn't have this gimmick yet. And and didn't think he had it, so to speak. Um, But it's not, it's not, he's not mocking him though. He it's, it's clear. Like, he would have had other phrases on it and he'd be doing things that make fun of him. He's doing his gimmick in, in spots and he's not even doing it for full matches and he's not cutting promos against him. I think it's legitimately for Hogan, the best case scenario. Yes, it really but, is. But the question is, do you think Hogan approved it or had to approve it? Did they bring it to him? Did they say, Hulk, we're going to do this? Hulk has no leverage to say no, but do you think they even went that far? I think they did. I think everything is quality checked in, the, in that regard. I think everything WC or WWE does from a production standpoint is quality checked. There's no chance somebody goes out with airbrush tights where somebody doesn't know what they put on them. I think they may have told him. I don't think they asked him. Triple H may have said, hey, FYI, Hulk, Terry, this guy is dressing up like you tonight. All right. What's he going to say? Oh, no, that can't happen. What's Triple H going to say? F you. You're lucky we let you back for three minutes. And by the way. They just happen, just so happen to be selling two new Hulkamania t-shirts on WWEshop.com. We do actually have Hogan's reaction when Triple H did call him. Are you smoking the same crap he's been smoking? Because if you are, brother, give me some. I want to be delusional, too. I want to be like a fruitcake no, out no. here. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, the only Hogan shirt I like nowadays, uh, they have it on Pro Wrestling Tees, is it's the... Uh, Hogan with the uh, Japanese, like NJP. It's the NJPW Hogan shirt. Yeah, he, that's a cool shirt. But are you really gonna walk I, out that, of the house? Well, that's with the, the point. I can't, I can't. No, I couldn't, and right. I and I don't want to support, and I don't want to put money in his right. pocket. Yeah. Next up, BC from Jesse Linares at Jesse Linha L I N H A. Don't we need separate? Don't we need to separate shows for Renee and Dean if they continue this Ambrose story? It's so awkward that she has to say she knows nothing every week. First you want to address all, this first? Yeah, let me address. Let me undress this first. Dean Ambrose looks like he wants a piece of this pie. Tag. <laughs> yeah, he does. I love. I love the Michael Cole tag at the end of it. It's great. <laughs> uh, Jesse's another guy who sent this a couple times. Okay, he went back to the well. He's like, I got to get this on the show. He's right. It's awkward right now. One time it was like her going, um, you know, everyone wants an answer from me, but you know, he just doesn't talk a lot. Now they're going back to the well too much where at first they ignored it and it was awkward. Now they're going back to the well constantly asking her and she has no answers. You know what? I think they should be on separate brands because unless you're playing into it to the level of where she's like accompanying him to the ring or something, then it's weird when he gets beat down and she doesn't say anything. It's weird when she's doing this. Well, she she usually bows out when that happens. Right. Yeah. So she bows out and she bows out when he does heel mo- tendency moves too. So it's it's weird. So because it's weird... No, put them on separate shows. 
So I disagree. Uh, I think because they keep going to her, especially the last two weeks for this, and they're asking her to explain more, they're putting her into the storyline similar to how they did um, uh, Corey Graves with the Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan storyline. By the way, really miss Jason Jordan. Like, can't believe I'm even saying that. He had something, and I'm, I'm, I really hope he's able to get back. But uh, but back to this. Um, no, I think it's fine. I think they're actually going somewhere with it. So I think they're going to press her for more and more information. Maybe she gets a little attitude to her. Maybe, you know, she does go off commentary for a bit. I don't know exactly where they're going with it, but I don't think you re- revisit it three weeks in a row unless you actually have a plan for it. So, no, I want to see what happens. I'd like to find out in storyline and kayfabe that either Seth or, or Roman was uh, was also tat you know, having a sample of that pie. I want to be proved right by that. So that means you proved me right. Yes, Roman. I, I, I Yes, yes. I, I'd like that. That's a saucy storyline. Can we do that? Can we do that on Fox on Friday nights? Can that be the kickoff to the Fox era? We start to do stuff like that again? All right. Next up from... Nothing? Nothing, Wol- Silver King? You got nothing on that? You don't want to see that kind no. of writing again? Come on. No. You can PG-13 fine. that. You can make it. It'll be, uh, it'll be too they're saucy. not PG-13. It would be great if SmackDown was PG-13 on Fox. That yes, would be great. Yes, yes, thank you. That would be awesome. All right, at uh, from at Wolf of 38th Street, BC, can we get Ronda some clothes that fit properly? It seems as if every match, Ronda has to adjust her top and bottom so that her private parts don't get exposed, <laughs> and she always adjusts it at the point in the match where she's supposed to be knocked out or in a submission. I've never seen a female wrestler adjust her outfit as much as Ronda. Before you answer, she did this in UFC, too. Yeah, that was a big problem in UFC. People remember her UFC debut against Liz Carmouche. As Carmouche, by the way, who almost made shocking history with that sort of like face buster neck crank move she had where she was crushing Ronda's face in a submission attempt. And Ronda spent half of that submission attempt in real life pulling up the tiny bra that she wore in that match and making sure she didn't have a uh, a nip slip, as the kids call it, Adam. But um, I will say this. I've been very critical of her her uh, attire and her raccoon eye makeup that she often wears in pay-per-view matches and those really weird gloves that look like she's the Wolverine or something. I thought the, the, the stuff she came out with on Sunday night, I thought she looked, she looked great and it looked looked great, really cool gear. Um, But yeah, she seems to have these problems. I will say that where she just can't find the right fit. Yeah. It's weird because they have her come out in like the pipe in like the plaid skirt, which I mean, is a very good look, obviously. Um, I don't know why she doesn't just wear like normal, like a like what at the bottom of a singlet would look like um, and keep the skirt on. And then you just doesn't have to adjust anything. Yeah, that mean, would be a fine well, by look. The way, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Say, if we have any female listeners, I'm sure they're they're thinking this has gone on too far. We do have female listeners after I made that offhanded comment. A bunch of them came out and said, we in here. We're in here. Listen to us here. So, oh, yeah, no, we do. We do have female listeners. So for all of our list, female listeners, we apologize. Thank you. So <laughs> I got I got this question on the show because I do like. When you guys send us kayfabe questions, I'll always take them and I'll, I'll try to get them on here as much as possible. So BC, let's flip on the kayfabe switch here. Uh, Cuba SDU, that's both his name and his handle. Can you please discuss on this week's episode the WWE's continued decades-long negligence when it comes to checking to make sure that no one has left kendo sticks underneath the ring apron? Yeah. It's an issue. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, there's a lot of those weird issues in WWE. You can even make an argument that really they don't use steel chairs anymore. The commentators sit on these nice plush loungers. Um, I don't think there's need for steel chairs. When has an extra table ever really been needed? They don't need them. Uh, why are they storing so much gear underneath the ring when they have that huge backstage area? It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, and why 
Why kendo sticks of all things? <laughs> Why would no, that be the end of the ring? What's the use of a sledgehammer for that? That's not a, a ring tool. Um, it's weird. Like, you would think that they'd be smarter about that by now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Fabe, I'm with you on that one. Uh, that'll do it. We heard from our folks. And by the way, D Mitty just doubled back into my DMs as you were talking at him, if I sounded distracted. Uh, D Mitty says, hey, yo, in his best uh, Scott Hall voice. Send me a shout out for my 40th birthday, brother. Hey, you're old. You're a man, D. Mitty. You're 40 down under. Happy birthday to you, sir. I'm not sure if that means your birthday is today or three days from now. I'm not sure how Australian time works, how that, you know, <laughs> the separation there. But uh, well done to our listeners. And um, Adam, we did want to close not with feel spots. What? Well, just a different edition of feel spots. It's holiday Thanksgiving week. We want to give thanks. Adam, would you kick us off here? What do you want to give thanks for in the wrestling world? on the in this corner this holiday year. Sure. Well, we already have it written down, so I know that uh, I'm about to get one-upped. But uh, I'm going to give thanks to NXT. You know, I really said it in our instant analysis. I kind of laid it all out there. It is the best brand in wrestling right now. It just is. When you talk about consistency, talent, availability, um, the takeovers, just how high quality the matches are week to week, the booking, the presentation, and even though Evolution wasn't really an NXT show it wasn't but it was an nxt production it was the exact same so this is a direction that wwe is going um the way it's presenting some of its shows triple h is doing a fantastic job and even coming up this week surprise starcade is being is happening on saturday night and they're giving us a one hour edition of starcade on sunday i don't know what it's going to look like but i don't think it's going to look like look like raw smackdown or a wwe pay-per-view so i'm really excited to see what's happening um NXT for portions of the year saves your WWE fandom and it fills in those gaps. And as I said, they gave us, you know, the biggest piece of high quality Kobe beef steak with truffle butter and port red wine reduction on Saturday, this past Saturday night. I love them. Thank you so much, NXT. You are what what wrestling's about and reminds me of what being a wrestling fan and how excited legitimately you get watching matches is because I hadn't felt that for a and long time. We all time. say that, and it's true, and it reminds us of being kids. And we have this argument a lot on the show of of basically, you know, why does it have to be their AAA? Why does it have to be hidden in their company on their network? Why can't this be what WWE main roster is? And there's an argument right against that because of what main roster is and how much money it makes them the way they do it and merch and all that. And I always say, hey Adam, you can't tell me. If when SmackDown debuted on Fox next year, they debuted with NXT instead and drove that product to the masses, that it wouldn't get over the same level, if not more, and create legitimate organic superstars. And I still believe it would, which if WWE is going to continue to, you know, quote unquote, bury it on the network. And what I mean by that is when you put it on the network, the only people that are going to watch it are people that are already wrestling fans, right? So if you put it on regular TV per se, but obviously, look, let's be honest. I don't think Vince wants that to be what his company is. Obviously, it's what he doesn't want what it's to be what his company is. Well, don't forget also, BC, it's a selling point of the network. True. But but I think it, even deeper than that, I think Vince knows the Vince way. It's Ron SmackDown. That's what he already does. He doesn't want it. So my point of all this is, hey, uh, what are you calling yourselves? All in wrestling? What are they calling themselves? The elite? All elite, all elite wrestling. Whatever you want to call yourself. If you want to look like something, look, look a lot like NXT. And I think you can you can really make a dent. And granted, look, NXT already kind of looks a lot like the indies, right? It, it makes sense. Triple H is woke on what wrestling fans really want nowadays. Not just families who will spend money on merch. What wrestling fans really want. 
I hope this thing, uh, you know, you, I may have said a couple months ago, I may, if you asked me, I may, I may have said, well, I wish it looked like NJPW. No, I, I wish it looked like, would look like NXT. And I hope they bring in people that have worked at WWE in the past, both on screen and behind it, to, to kind of take the great things about WWE. Well, they don't even, but you know what? They don't even need that because All In looked great. Now, it didn't look NXT quality, but it didn't have the money behind it that WWE and NXT does. And, and I think that was largely put on by Ring of Honor production people. Well, now, I'm not even talking about production. I'm talking about the 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 tone the quality oh, okay. the I got you. you know the the promo and in ring style and all that like in, into a degree production the the dumbing down of the theatrics and making it more about the product well i want to hit with my own thing i'm thankful for and i don't usually get sentimental on this show so you know what i won't and this may seem like a cheap pop adam but i am thankful to all of our listeners and that's your true statement adam hits me with the numbers often on this show and they are growing quick And that's great. That's a great sign. But we wouldn't even be here today without this manic, aggressive, rabid core audience who have been with us since day one-ish, filling our DMs with praise, filling it with criticism, filling it with requests, and spreading the damn word about this performance-enhancing audio. Here's the truth. I wake up each morning, turn my cell phone on, and I got double-digit DMs from you people from this wrestling show. I don't always get a chance to respond to each one or read each one on the show, but they all matter. All of our listeners matter. All lives matter, people. And I mean that. You guys want to talk wrestling. You want to hear the show and invest and put it back in. And I'm very thankful of that. From our hardcore Australians like Mick Johnston, D. Mitty, and fellow OG ITC Omar Al-Rashid. To the greatest American hero, Jax Browner. To Vermont's finest, Becky Lynchland at TalkBox. And his boy, Grump Handle Slam. They all matter. They are all important. I won't lie to you guys. There's a lot of favorite children in this family, so to speak, this audio family we've built. Everyone vying for that brass ring and a spot on the ITC Mount Rushmore. But as you guys know, only four heads can be propped up there at once. But keep trying. Keep forcing your way in the show. Keep letting your voice be heard and not allowing a single hedge to go unnoticed. If it wasn't for all of you people taking the time out of your week to listen to Adam and I, and sometimes Nick, argue and babble, we wouldn't be doing this anymore. Seriously. The numbers weren't there. We wouldn't be doing this. It's, it's, so shout out to all of you, from Derek Zoo to Sweeney Todd, to even that dude Rib Sauce, who recently turned heel on me. Rib Sauce, don't think I didn't see that, bro. Don't think I don't see no, Rib Sauce tweets is great, coming man. in. Suddenly he's Team Adam, probably a member of the, of the extended family there. But even you, Rib Sauce, you still matter. Shout out to Jesse Linhop, Brian Napier, Chris Nyron, Michael Sean, Joe Guglich, Don Smith, CrossFit Moses himself, Arun Singh, who's been hanging out with Seth Rollins and looks great. Even Daniel Greer who always sends me siren emojis in my DMs when his feeler has been activated. I know all you guys. You're my boys. Brian Paulson, David Matthews, my guy Adnan, Nick Flynn, Dylan Hager, Hags, my dude, Peter Ferlazzo, the great Cam Schilling in his bloody sock, and even Dusty Allen, who continues to shape the minds of his Georgia classroom by teaching life lessons through kayfabe to his students. I'm talking about the Bryants from Gutierrez to Owens, Dave Ehrenberg, Black 
freaking Sabre Jr., my homeboy. I see you all. Michael Cunningham, I see you. Doug Coutier, I hear you. Len Anderson, I feel you, my boy Lenny Biggs. Keep eating that sandwich in your avatar pick from Mike Kruglio to DJ Stutter and all the golden elite-like good brothers who followed me from Cheap Heat like the great Rob Lopez and continue to invest in this product on CBS. You are all a part of the will, so to speak, at the end of the day. I love you guys. You make this job fun. Even when the WWE product sucks. Even when that damn Silver King won't try to convince us that it's not Ronda's fault. Those bed sheets in Brooklyn that night would have still been dirty. But it makes oh, me are. feel good knowing all of you were able to join me under them. Yes! That came out wrong. Anyway, thank you to all of our peeps, all of our listeners, all of our brohams, and everyone else I didn't mention because it would have been too damn long. And I already do long intros and even longer outros. But thank you on this holiday season. Enjoy it. Adam, I don't know. What do they celebrate in, in Australia? We got a lot of listeners. We can't just look past these guys. They don't, they don't have a Thanksgiving, right? I mean, hopefully they don't eat kangaroos or anything. Oh, wow. Uh, I hope not, too. Um, Adam, do you have any uh, closing thoughts here before we get out of here? Look, you know, this has been, uh, man, it's great. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd never necessarily expected, I've said this before, to be on a podcast, have a podcast, uh, and for one to last as long as this already has. Um, you never know what's in store for ITC in the future, but BC and I look forward to many more years of delivering high-quality, performance-enhancing audio for you guys week after week. And you know what? I love the Instant Analysis podcast. BC, eh, he's tired. He's, he's washed. He's 40. But our Instant Analysis, I have noticed, do great numbers for us, and they're, they always get my juices flowing. So if you guys want more Instant Analysis, why don't you go ahead, drop in uh, BC's DMs, slide into his uh, mentions on Twitter, and let him know that when big things happen in professional wrestling, what you want to hear, the first voices, well, it's really BC, but also the Silver King. But no, guys, look, in all seriousness, um, it's been great doing this podcast with BC, and I am really excited for what's in store for the future. We already have a huge interview lined up in the month of December. It's a little bit of a crossover. You guys will love it. I guarantee it. Uh, and that's really it, BC. That's we all have, I got. We have 354 ratings on iTunes. It's not enough. It's it's not enough. Let's get it to 400. We'll start doing more instant analysis shows. All right. All right. I'm down. Let's. I agree with you. All right. So get out there. Give us that review. Say hey. Say what you don't like about the show. Say what you want to hear. You want more Greek in your life? Say that. Whatever you got to. Say what hear. you don't like. But you still give five stars. Let's let's be clear. I mean, it is all about the five. But uh, shout out to our people. Happy 40th, the Mitty. And congratulations, TalkBox, on getting unblocked by Adam. Adam, enjoy your uh, your turnip. What are you eating again this Thursday? What? Turnip? Good cabbage. The, what are you key side, the key side dish is sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top roasted. Yes. The key dessert. And anyone who disagrees, I can basically want to tell you to go to hell. Apple pie hot from the oven a la mode. That is the Thanksgiving dessert. That's the number two in the order. Chocolate no, it's pie not. Is the goat. All right, pie. all right. I've never, I've actually never ever had chocolate cream wow. pie. Wow, this is like a Hogan and Flair debate. I would love to. I'd love to have that, but I just never have. Yeah, yeah. No, but apple, apple pie a la mode is, is fantastic for Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, I don't even know what button to press at the end, but um, I think just you know, say goodbye. Yeah, I mean, just say goodbye. Just, just, just you know, just uh, you know, say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, now get out of here. Oh, that's right a little now. rough, Randy. Yeah, yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. Yeah, he's right. We out.